1: Welcome back to another episode of the Scoreboard Alex Podcast. I'm Nick, and with me as always is Anthony the Rook. And unfortunately, Ow. TJ couldn't make us, and it will be just we can make it if we try to... I, I, I hate when he's not here, but I love that music. I know. That's an awesome yeah. song. One time me and TJ sang it together because you weren't here. That's the soundboard. And we didn't have the music ready, so we just sang it. <laughs> well, uh, an interesting week of sports this week, obviously. Uh, I actually saw something recently. I, I don't recall who it was, but it was an athlete who doesn't, I mean, obviously he doesn't like baseball. Because he was like, is July the worst month for sports? And it was like, yeah, if you don't like baseball, but... Honestly, for me, March is the worst month for sports because all I hear about is fucking college basketball, which really doesn't fucking matter. And I got to hear about a bunch of kids that will never play pro sports playing a game that I honestly have zero respect for and little regard for. So I hate March. Uh, Yeah, I hate March. March Awful. March madness is a waste of everybody's energy. And I hate hearing about basketball. It's the easiest sport ever invented. Be tall. Automatically good. Well, some of those guys aren't tall in college basketball, which makes it more interesting. Yeah, it's not interesting at all. They're not going to play pro sports. It's Doesn't like matter. It's still a lot of fun. It's like yeah. watching college baseball. It's even it's even more tedious than watching college baseball. Now, college basketball is great. It's great to gamble it's, on. It's people not college gambling. basketball exists. You watch so that, basketball that couldn't play basketball hey, hey, and watch hey. people who look like them play basketball. Hey, I have a rebuttal here. All right, I like to talk. Uh, you can talk. watch basketball from twelve p.m. to twelve a.m. It's twelve hours exactly. of basketball. It's amazing. Sounds Everyone awesome. takes off work. No one wants to work that day. It's it's I love college basketball. I love March minutes and you're a crazy person for not like it. So. Bas- basketball in general sucks. And you're not even talking about college basketball where they score less points and are less talented. Oh, yeah, it sounds great. Well, that's your take on it. And it's wrong. So I don't understand how they're seven feet tall and they still can't score more than like 65 points in a game where it's like a technical to give somebody a dirty look. <laughs> I just I don't get it. But I digress. Baseball is going. Football spring, uh, summer camp just started. uh, Mini camp is over. Veterans have arrived for every team in the NFL. And we're all here to witness it. Um, So what do you want to start with, counselor? Let's start with the New York Yankees in the Subway Series. The Subway Series was, I got to be honest with you. It's the World Series, right? It's lost a little luster for championship. Well, uh, if you're a Mets fan, the Subway Series is definitely your World Series. Considering you're probably not going to see a World Series victory in your life, um, but I digress. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you; it's lost a little luster for me. It has. I remember being a kid. The, the, the only way you would ever for for our younger listeners and uh, our older listeners will remember this before I believe it was 1996. The only way a National League team would play an American League team in the same city would be if they met each other in the World Series or if they held some sort of exhibition game, which didn't count. Um, 1996 rolls around and baseball moves into interleague play um, with a bunch of other additions like the wild card and things like that. Interleague play wasn't the only thing, but interleague play was still scarce. It didn't happen all the time. So if I remember right, though, the Subway Series used to be in May every year. And it was like a week and a half apart from each other where they played in one stadium. And then a week and a half later, they played in the other stadium. Yeah. Typically what it would be is uh, they would have interleague would be either May or June sometime in the year uh, when interleague would probably, it would just be interleague for two weeks without the entire league. Whereas now it's interleague every single day, which has changed recently with the, when they moved the Astros over to the American league, they started doing interleague every day. Um, But yeah, back then, and the best was, when you would have the Mets and Yankees would play on one weekend and they would play the following weekend. And if there was a rain out uh, Yankee stadium, say the first day on, on the first weekend, they would then play a day night doubleheader at two different stadiums on the same day, which never really happened before because usually doubleheaders just happen in the, in the same ballpark, you know, day night. So that was one year, I think it was, I'm going to say 98 and 99. Well, I mean, actually know it was 2000. Cause it was when the Mets and the Yankees, won, uh, they both went to, the World Series against each other. They had the they had uh, the Subway Series earlier that year, where the Yankees they they played the first game in Yankee Stadium, and then everyone traveled left and went to to at the time Shea, Shea Stadium, and they played the, the second game there at night, which was which has never happened, which is just a cool thing, weird thing where everyone just got in the train and took the train over from from the Bronx to uh, to the Queens, and that was a lot of fun to the Queens, um, to the Queens. So <laughs> was that the year? If, I, if one year. George Steinbrenner, rest his soul. By the way, nice line and cool. Um, uh, George Steinbrenner walked into the visitors' clubhouse at Shea Stadium and said, What is this fucking rat hole? and demanded that the Yankees' uh, eat, uh, furniture from Yankee Stadium be brought to Shea Stadium so that the Yankees wouldn't have to s- sit in a hovel of a, of a rat's nest of just dis- disgusting. Mets them. And I I you know what? I'm not it wasn't a coincidence. Some loser from the Mets went into the clubhouse in the middle of the game and busted a pipe to ruin the furniture. Like don't that, that, that. you don't I remember, remember that? that. I don't remember that. I so know. George Steinbrenner made a big stink about how the, the furnishings in the visitors' clubhouse was not good enough for his team, and they probably weren't because let's be real, it's these fucking Yankees and they're That's them. Um then he had the Yankees furniture moved from Yankee Stadium into Shea Stadium's uh, visitors um, clubhouse and coincidentally there was a pipe that burst in the, in the visitors clubhouse and ruined all the furniture by coincidence of course couldn't have been yeah. fucking Mets just embarrassed that they're they, they had a fucking hole for their opposing teams it uh, <laughs> couldn't have been that had to have been an accident of course but I, I, I remember that you know. But, but then again I also remember this series meaning something and, and being very important to the fans and, and management, uh, especially our owner, who, who refused to lose to the Mets. And it was like a hell-worthy trespass if you did. And uh, yeah. how my, how far we've come, because I ultimately feel like our management, our, from our owner through our general manager to our manager, just didn't give a shit, and they punted these last two games. We yeah. did not see, we have punted every game against the Mets and the Astros this year. We have not put our best lineup out there the yeah. only thing i could think of with aaron boone and the way he's running this team for these big rivalry games against competitive teams is that he sees it as a like a nfl preseason where you don't put your your best plays on the field or a vanilla plays because you don't yeah. want to give away too much for the regular season so I, I guess the reason he's not putting his best foot forward against the astros and the mets is because he anticipates Obviously, meeting the Astros in the playoffs, but he must think he's going to meet the Mets in the World Series. I honestly, I think he's just he gets outmanaged every time he goes against Dusty, and obviously this is the first time against Buck. But we gets against Buck. I mean, he was outmanaged in both those games. Like, there's no doubt about it. You don't get outmanaged before the game starts. When when you're starting Joe, uh, Joey Callow with a K, um, like <laughs> yeah. that's not outmanaged. You're just stupid or you're not trying. Well, I'm talking about during the game, though. There were mistakes I, I mean did make we, during the game. We we started coming we came back off the uh, all-star breaking. He could have basically started anybody he wanted to make this series be Garrett Cole and Nestor Cortez, and he elected not to do that. Yeah. He made, like he went out of his way to, to not do that. He made the doubleheader against the Astros, Monty and Herman, and then he did the exact same thing for for the last two games against the Mets. So it's like so he, he, had, he punted those games. Yeah, you had Domingo Herman started in both of those games against two big rivals that you're going to be. You you may possibly see, and I think you're going to see the Astros, but you may possibly see the Mets as well. And it's like you put Domingo Herman, who's I think is a second start off of the IL, right? Did two first two starts the season against, yeah, for the season. And you're putting him one against Astros. He was embarrassed. He did pitch well last night against Scherzer. I mean, listen, you're going against Scherzer. And you, maybe they didn't want to waste a good start against someone like Scherzer because it's a regular season. It's not a playoff. I mean, that's only an explanation that I have why they put Herman out there instead of someone like, you know, a Cole or a Nestor. Um, but, I mean, who else are you going to put out there anyway? You have – Monty's been very good, but he did not play well against the Mets. He got embarrassed that. I think he had 71 pitches to get seven outs. It was disgusting what did he so, did in that first game. Here's my problem, right? I'm a firm believer that fans have influence over the team in a sense of how good you feel. I can't imagine Joey Callow feels good about the way the fans are treating him, and he shouldn't because he sucks at baseball. Sure, he's a great guy, a nice human being. I don't know. I've never met him. Sure, he's an awesome dude. Baseball's just not for him right now. At least not professionally. Right <laughs> now he is he is worse than Chris Davis. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And Chris Davis was bad. Uh it's, because it's- he never put up the production that Chris Davis did prior to becoming an albatross of a contract but my my point being is that if the fans have influence over the team and how the team is performing based on their reaction to what's going on in the field of play wouldn't it be in the best interest of the franchise to make sure the fans are happy because aaron boone may not give a shit and, and Brian Cashman doesn't give a shit. And we all know that Hal Steinbrenner don't give a shit as long as he's making money. He couldn't care if the Yankees were in first place or last place. As long as the stadium sells out and Yankee hats are sold. Couldn't give a shit less. But yeah. the fans care. Yankee fans want to beat the Mets. Of course. The Mets fans want to the Yankees. Just to remind them that they belong in the basement. Like yeah, as a reminder, angry. like just in case you were getting a little too full of yourself Here's a snap back to reality. You still suck. Like Yankee fans want that, and any Yankee fan that says that's not true, they're full of shit. Okay, in-state <laughs> rivalries are very real. The Yankees hated the Giants. The Yankees hated the Dodgers. Okay, and and they hate the Mets. Like that's just that's just how it is. Just like just like we hate the freaking Red Sox because they are a regional rivalry. Well, and here's the, the, thing. Mets hate the Phillies. Well, here's the thing too is. You could tell the owner of the Mets, Stevie Cohen, wants to beat the Yankees. Like he wants his team to go out there and beat the Yankees. Whereas when we had had, I know when I when we but when we had George as owner, George Cyber wanted to beat the Mets and make them know that we own the city. This is York. this is Yankee City. You're just you're just a resident here. You're just you know, you're like a you're a tenant. Deep down inside every Met wants to be a Yankee. Yeah. And that's but that that's the difference right now is that we currently have an owner who is not as I guess as vocal of beating the Mets no, as he's as actually he's vocal about not giving a shit about winning. Well, I'm sitting that's I'm saying he's not as vocal towards wanting to beat the Mets and show them that this is our city. We're it going make him to any more money. It. what it doesn't make him any more money. I, I know that's what I'm saying. So he doesn't give a shit. Therefore, the general manager doesn't care, and then therefore the manager's not gonna care. It all really comes down as the fans want to win that game, and the fans are not the players or or the manager or the management. And I think that's where it comes into play where they're just like, it's a regular season game. We don't have to go all out just because it's against the Mets. It makes the fans happy. We're going to do it. we're going to have to do. We have fans, right? Do it. Who gives a shit if the fans are happy? Well, that's basically what it comes down to. And they're saying that this is our book. This is what we had planned for this week. Herman's going to pitch this week. It doesn't matter who the opponent is. He's scheduled a pitch and that's it. We're not going to make any switches or changes based upon because we're playing the Mets or the Astros. And that's basically what they're coming down to. And that's what they're trying to do. It's a regular season. They're looking towards the playoffs. And well, they're basically I, just like, who cares? If we I really hope that they know that the Astros are going to go into the playoffs knowing they can beat the shit out of the Yankees. And the Yankees are going to go in the playoffs hoping that they can beat the Astros. It's gotten to that position at this point. And if we do get to the World Series and see the Mets, and if the Mets beat us next week, again, all right, they'll know they could beat the shit out of the Yankees for four games straight as well. Yeah. That's true. You know, it's it's a it's a movie, but it's real. In Mighty Ducks, he goes, "Congratulations, you just gave up any competitive edge you had over the varsity." (laughs) When the JV plays the varsity and they wax the shit out of them, yeah, it gives them confidence. It gives them absolute confidence to do it whenever they want. A drubbing. That's true. I agree with that. But let's move on from the Subway Series. Obviously, Yankees did get swept. Even though it was a two-game set, this is still a sweet. By the way, that's the other thing I don't like. Like the Subway series used to be a three-game series. Yeah, that's that's a, yeah, it used to be a game, and I'm like, eh. I honestly, I'll be honest with you, I didn't watch either game because I looked at the lineups, I looked at who's pitching, and I was like, all right, so they're not even trying. I'm not even gonna watch it's like a spring training game right now. I watched it because it's still the allure of the subway I, series. I, it had no allure to me at all because I'm like, you're not trying. Like, I don't want to watch base. It, it would be like I, I'm sorry, I've gotten to the point where I'm older now. If I go to a game and you get your ass beat and you put a position player to pitch, I'm leaving. You're not trying anymore. So why should I care? You don't you don't care, so why should I care? I agree, I agree with that. But it's evident to me that Aaron Boone didn't give a fuck. So I didn't watch it cuz you don't you're not going to put an effort in, so why should I give a fuck? And MLB you. was clearly using juiced balls. Oh, oh, 100%. The first the first inning ever what was it? 300? 3 home runs in the first fucking no. four, four home runs. Four home runs in the first 40 in, 40 pitches tossed. Yeah, it was it was a there was six runs score in the first inning. That was it. Somebody they must have switched. saw that and they were like, quick, switch them out. That it's yeah, yeah. too They're obvious. Like, too much, too much, too much Twitter immediately was like, juice balls. That's what I said. I was like, they juiced the balls again. But um moving on from the subway series, obviously. We'll see what happens a couple weeks. The Yankees they'll be at home. Maybe they'll change things up and give uh, get some sort of competitive edge against the uh the Mets again. But what happened now? We're getting spammed. Oh, God damn it again. <laughs> Block user. Even though naked girls. <laughs> Just kidding. Spam. You motherfucker. Anyway, um, moving on. Andrew Benetton is now a New York Yankee. We saw him today, tonight in his first game in pinstripes. His first at bat, he got shook out looking. Benny so, Blanco in the Bronx. Yeah. Benny Blanco in the Bronx. So, um, what do you think so far this? Obviously they won the game, one nothing or we'll a walk off home run, but judge, uh, what do you think about, uh, Andrew Benintendi and him now being in traps So, uh, I just did earlier today about, uh, Andrew Benintendi coming over to the Yankees and I, I believe it was you that s- said something. And I said, they'll still bench him so that Joey Callow can play. It's Callow with a K, um, K A L L O. Um, and I was kidding. They did not bench Andrew Benintendi. However, they did bench DJ LeMahieu, who was on fire the last two games so that Joey Callow could go out there and put on a show of how he cannot hit a baseball. And, uh, it, it's, it's gotten worse to the point where I'm, I'm sitting here looking at it today. What did he do today? Uh, Oh, for three, three strikeouts. What does look at my shocked face? <laughs> um, so, I like the box score up too. He really went over three with three strikeouts. He so went well over. I wasn't kidding. He went over three with three strikeouts. And then, of course, Aaron Boone, in his infinite wisdom, stay eighth inning, Joey Gallo is coming up. Opportunity for a pinch hit, possibly to get a win, and he lets Joey Gallo bat, and he pinch hits Marwin Gonzalez. He pinch hits. Uh uh, Carpenter for Marwin Gonzalez instead of Joey Gallo. So then Kiner Falefa has to go in to replace Matt Carpenter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt Carpenter, yeah. So, so Matt Carpenter goes in, replaces Marwin Gonzalez at shortstop to hit for him instead of hitting for Joey Gallo because that would, I guess, that would have made too much sense. Yeah. I, 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 I don't understand. Could I guess he was like hard. going righty, righty, lefty, lefty. Guess what? Some people just can't fucking hit no matter who's pitching. (laughs) Sorry. Like, I guarantee you if I brought up splits, Joey Gallo splits righty versus lefty, lefty versus righty, he'd still be fucking awful, okay? Yeah. I don't think anybody ever sat there and was like, oh, there's a lefty pitching today. Ted Williams, you got to take a seat, guy. You can't hit today. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. During during Joe DiMaggio's 56-game hitting streak, I don't think – Casey Stengel sat there and was like, sorry, Joe, you got to sit today. There's a righty pitching today. Get the fuck out of here. Aaron Boone. How would you, I'm like, Joey Gallo's batting 159. You need a base runner in that instant. Why do you pinch hit? For Marwin Gonzalez, who's not doing much better, but he's batting two twenty two Because you could have pinch-hit Marwin Gonzalez, but IKF, who's a little bit on fire hitting singles right now. Yeah, he's hitting base hits, yeah. He's got a couple of – I think he's got a couple of game hit streak right now going on. So I why wouldn't you – It might have ended, but he – might have ended yesterday. Point. I think it might have been. Fair enough. Ball at one point. Fair enough. He's a little on fire, though. He's getting on base, okay? So why would you pinch-hit? Matt Carpenter for Marwin Gonzalez instead of Joey Gallo because of lefty, lefty, righty, righty. Get the fuck out of here. Joey Gallo couldn't hit if the guy had no arms. <laughs> if the guy, polo kneeled the ball and kicked it to home plate, Joey Gallo would whiff. It's, it's, it, that's what I'm talking about. He gets outmanaged. He wasted two players on that one move when he could have just put Carpenter in for Gallo and left it, and IKF in for for if you really want to pinch it for for Gonzalez, put IKF in there. Yeah, then then put him pinch it from that. And that was going back to the Met game was they were down late in that game. Diaz came in; it was an opportunity to to score a run, and he put he pinch hit IKF. I mean, sorry, yeah, pinch hit IKF for Joey Gallo. I'm sorry, Joey Gallo for IKF. And it's like a guy who makes contact. You took him out of the game to put a guy in. Because it, you didn't want to face him against a righty because Diaz was a righty. Like, that's why the, the whole Yankee fan world was sitting there going, Did you just strike out on purpose? Why don't you just go up there and go, We're striking out? Just, why not just bat out of order? And we could save ourselves a whole fucking yeah. at bat of Joey Gallo sitting there striking out. I mean, it, at least was, if you bat was, out of order, they just call you out and that's it. We don't have to throw a pitch. It was so predictable he was going to be, he was going to strike out. It was the waste of a so waste. I'll, you, I'll you to, let's talk about management right we're talking about management you're talking about in game let's talk about before the game okay i'm fairly certain and i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure the yankees had an all-star catcher this season yeah and they had an off day on monday yep so this is my stupid question for the day is why the fuck wasn't jose trevino playing yesterday on tuesday you mean no yesterday or, to, or Tuesday. I guess Tuesday he didn't. Yeah, we Tuesday. usually record on Wednesdays. That's probably why you're confused. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. But why on did Tuesday. he have an extra day off? You know, I, I thought about this for a second, and, and and I saw the lineup today, and I had a flashback to being, and maybe I'm just remembering my childhood differently. I don't recall, like, Bernie Williams, Paul O'Neill, Tino Martinez, Derek Jeter, Chuck Knobloch having days off every fucking day. My, I, I don't recall yeah, yeah, this. I don't. I just don't remember them not playing. I remember the same lineup for like four years. It was the same fucking nine guys, maybe plus or minus one or two guys. You know, from ninety six to two thousand, it was the same people every single day. Cal Ripken Jr. played four thousand eight billion two hundred and twenty two million games straight. Okay, these guys can't play a day game after a night game, and they make fucking ten times more than what their predecessors made. Thirty years ago, well, like was, the, it was, it was. Yadier was the first million dollar player in like 1994. No, so Jose played Tuesday, but he was benched on Wednesday. That's what I'm saying. So he didn't play yeah. Wednesday. He that, didn't play so Wednesday, he but he played Tuesday. Yeah, so you're right. You're Zesta. No, I'm, you I'm, said the off day Monday. You're right though. He had off day Monday. So, he so again, he had match off match. day on Monday. Played on Tuesday. Off day on Wednesday. Why? It wasn't a day game after a night game. It wasn't and, fucking and- coal pitching. Why? Right, a- an all-star fucking catcher and the best pitcher in baseball. Fuck it. He's gonna sit down. We're gonna play Higashioka. He can't fucking hit, but you know, it doesn't matter anyway, because we're not trying to win this Again, game. Your your question would be, oh, do they want to give him a day off? Jose Jovinho Ju- Ju- pitch hit. He played last night's game. So he didn't really get a full. Aaron day off. Boone doesn't know him. what he's doing 90% of the time. I we were supposed to talk about attending, but this came right back to talking about his management skills because he's just terrible. Because you're right, it was Ben just got tra- uh, traded for him. You put him in the roster, you bench DJ, and then you put and you put in, you bench Carpenter too. Obviously, he pinched it later on in the game, but then you benched both of those batters, and then you still play Joey Gallo. So, and, why did and, you and get so they, they brought in they brought Ben Benintendi for no reason, because you're still going to have that bum fucking Gallo out there wasting at bats that somebody, anybody could have. Joey Gallo, to me, is the new Brett Gardner where his ceiling has been reached, and it's not high at all. And somebody else, there's somebody dying somewhere in minor league baseball that could use those at-bats and do something with them. Anything. You can't sit there and tell me, well, and then you have the fucking, the callow uh, stands out there going, he plays double-level oh level defense. I don't give a shit. I don't care. I, they're not losing because he's not catching fly balls out there. They're yeah. losing because he can't hit. Anybody, defense is the easiest part of baseball. I played baseball in high school. I played baseball in college. Defense is the easiest part of your game to fucking improve. Nobody's trying. There's no fucking free safety out there trying to stop you from catching the ball. It's You're right. And and I, I agree with you. I think Joey Gallo obviously should not be in a uniform anymore. They need to get rid of him. You should be in a major uh, league uniform. The way he's sure hitting 160. You gotta think about what guys are in the minor leagues. They're wasting Miguel and Andahar's career. The guy could hit. But, but you – I mean, you understand why, right? Yeah, it's because because Joe, Joey Gallo makes Joey $10 million Gally. and Hal Steinbrenner refuses to let him go make $10 million sitting yeah. at home. Yeah, He's not going to do it. I agree. But, I mean, I, I think it's a good move putting Ben in. We were talking about this before as well because we were talking about this off uh, before we started recording was that uh, people on Twitter were saying that, well, Ben Tendian only has three home runs. Guys. If you don't understand why they, they acquired someone like Ben then you need to understand baseball and not call yourself a baseball fan. Just call yourself a Yankee fan. Don't call yourself a baseball fan because we're both baseball fans. We get it. Andrew Ben is not acquired to be a power hitter. He's there to be a contact guy. The reason why we have holes in our lineup is guys like Joey Gallo who can't make contact. So you're trying to replace Gallo with Ben Attendee, a guy who makes contact, base hits, get on base, get walks, so that big batters like a a judge or Stanton or Rizzo can then make the contact and bring those guys in. You need contact guys to be an all around great baseball team. And that's what Benatendi is going to bring to this team. He's going to bring them contact. He's going to bring them on base percentage. He's not, you're not going to see these strikeouts 0 for three with three K type of days with a guy like Andrew Benatendi. I know it was ironic that the first at bat he had as a a Yankee was a strikeout looking, but that's not going to happen very often. You know, and, and I think people need to understand that we're not acquiring this guy, that every player is going to be a power hitter, and every player is going to crush the ball. Ben Attendee is a contact guy, and that's very important for the New York Yankees right now to have a guy like that either leading off or batting second in front of those big bats like Judge and Stanton. I see you're you looking know, right? What are you looking for? Yeah, I saw I saw something. I, I want to say MLB posted it. Um, but they did a side-by-side of, of Ben Attendee and – Gallo. Um, we'll I have the numbers here. Do you want to see the numbers? The average? Yeah. Batting average, Ben Attendee is 316. Gallo is 159. You have on-base percentage of 383 for Ben Attendee. And you have on-base percentage of 282 for Gallo. Slugging percentage is 393 for Ben Attendee. Gallo is 339. So he's slashing better than Joey Gallo in every one of those categories. You know, and and... and it's it's the only people sitting there saying why did you get he has no home runs are the people who are analytics nerds that look at things like OPS. Yeah, everybody on your team cannot be a forty home run hitter.
0: Yeah,
1: Aaron Judge right now is leading Major League Baseball in RBI if I, if I'm correct. Um, you don't get RBIs if the guy in front of you hit a home run. You get one RBI. <laughs> yeah, you get one RBI. So if you hit 50 home runs and nobody was ever on base in front of you, you have 50 RBI. You know what that's called? It's called not winning baseball. You yeah. know how I know? Ask Mike Trout. Ask Shohei Otani. Nobody's ever on base in front of those two guys. Ever. Agreed. Okay. So the, the long and short of it is right now, actually Pete Alonzo just passed Aaron Judge today. Yeah. Most RBI the to baseball.
0: But Aaron but Judge he leads to AL, though.
1: Judge and he's 83. AL. By my estimation as a baseball fan, I've been watching baseball for 35 years. If you have 40 home runs, over 100 RBI, and like 80 runs scored, you fucking rocked, and you're batting 280 and above, you rocked the league that year. You rocked it. If you drove in over 100, yeah. I remember being a kid, Bernie Williams and Paul O'Neill drove over 100 every year. Mm -hmm. Every year. And they didn't hit 40 home runs. They hit 28, 30 maybe, 32. They weren't really power hitters, cranking them out, but they hit with runners in scoring position. And that's that's how you win b- baseball games. You don't win by swinging for the fences, launch angle, OPS. You don't win that way. You know how I know you don't win that way? Because the Oakland Athletics created that shit. And the last time I checked, they haven't won a World Series since the 80s. <laughs> that's true. That is true. All right? All that shit about, oh, Moneyball works. No, it fucking doesn't. They were the best of the worst. Look at the division they played in when they started making the playoffs. There was nobody left. A-Rod left Seattle. Texas had nobody. Yeah. All right? And and the Angels were good for one season, and that was it. And and the one year the Angels won, what was that, 2002? 2002, yeah. What did they have? They had guys like Jimmy Edmonds, Tim Salmon. Yeah. They had good pitching. That's how they win. Yeah. Guys yeah, contact good. hitters that drive in runs and get spammed again. Man. Um <laughs> it's it's Ben good for the game, all right? Like I, if you've never watched baseball or you think you understand baseball but you really don't because you're an analytics person, I'm going to yeah. tell you how the the whole lineup is supposed to work, right? The first guy is supposed to get on base. The second guy is supposed to move the first guy over. Right. So Jeter was great because he hit the ball to the opposite field, which is almost guaranteed to move the guy over. Yeah. All right. The third guy is supposed to either drive the first guy in or continue to move him over to the third base. And the fourth guy is supposed to score the first guy. That's how baseball works. In case you didn't know, I just gave you how one through four work on a major league baseball lineup. You're not supposed to sit there and be like, well, the first guy is going to be really slow as shit, but he'll hit 50 dongs with nobody on base." <laughs> Do you know why Ricky Henderson let off? Because <laughs> he stole bases. Because he was the fastest fucking human being that ever walked the face of the planet Earth. Ricky Henderson laced him up one day, looked at Jesus Christ and was like, Jesus, 20 bucks says I got you in a sprint. And he beat his ass. He beat him.
0: <laughs> uh
1: all right. So Ben is good. He gets on base, plays plus defense, and is a contact hitter. You know what it is? I think he has like a 400 batting or close to like 350 and above batting average with runners in scoring position. That's kid. fucking crazy. That is crazy. And Joey Gallo has like a zero. <laughs> Joey Gallo has less hits than Aaron Judge has home runs. That's insane. That's so bad. That is crazy. For a man that's played the whole season up to August, he has less hits than Aaron Judge has more home runs than Joey Gallo has hits. It's insane. If Joey Gallo and all his fans throw them into the sun because they're ruining the world. <laughs> I can't. I have nothing else to say. I can't. I'm so happy they got attending because I really think it's going to be the end of Gallo. It has to be the end of Gallo. You can't have him on this roster anymore. Well, he is. played today. How the fuck did he play today? Everybody was like, that's the end of fucking – that's the end of uh, Joey Gallo. His last at-bat he struck out. They were talking about yesterday. Well, well Nick, you know that um, they were off Monday and then DJ played two straight games so he needed a day off. <laughs> Somewhere in the world, Cal Ripken Jr. is just like, man, day off? what's that i think i got a lap dance from her once like yeah yeah yeah. like what the hell but anyway i digress what what, what else are we talking about with the trade deadline who's who's on the move a move just made ty Nyquin from the Reds just got traded to the mets and along with him was phil deal so they're they're over at the mets now they're now schedule that world series (laughs) that was a trade that was made is obviously juan soto is a big story there's a lot of um, rumors swirling around him, Dodgers are in on it, Seattle's in on him, San Diego's in on him. So Yankees have made an offer, uh, they claim. Sometimes they are sources all over the place. They say Yankees made a really good offer, Yankees didn't make a good offer. Yankees I heard from Seth Passing said that the Yankees made the best offer. Yeah, I heard that too, but then I also heard another person say the Yankees are not offering enough prospects for the Nationals to get Juan Soto. So And that might be true. tell. But that and that might be true if the Yankees aren't offering enough prospects to get Juan Soto, that very well may be true. But let's be honest, can't both be true? Can't can't you also not be offering the the most uh, enough products to get the guy and also still have given the best option? Yeah, I didn't say that properly. So another another report came out saying that the the uh, the Padres, Dodgers, and Seattle are offering more prospects, uh, top prospects than the Yankees are. So the Yankees would be offering more prospects. We're not offering top prospects, which is what my least. top prospect is better than your top prospect. Then my deal is still better than yours. Even if, if you give me your top five <laughs> prospects, but they all suck <laughs> and mine I'm is I'm giving you one and it's the yes. best. Yeah. I mean, no, I don't, I don't, I don't know, know. I don't know what their prospect pool looks like right now. Yeah, I don't know. But I'm just saying is I, I Jeff Pass tends not to be the guy to bullshit and he's the one that said it. No, I don't not. trust reporters, but, but I I kind of trust Jeff Passan. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I just don't. I just don't know. There's just so many different reports and sources and rumors about going around about what's happening with Juan Soto. I think only time will tell at this point. We're not going to really know what the true offers or where everyone stands at this point. Um, you know, uh, obviously, the other name is Louis Luis Castillo, and there was a report today saying that now the Reds want to. Uh, I think it was like Buster only or one of those guys that so said now the, the Reds want to stand pat with him. They want to keep him in the Reds organization. They actually don't even want to trade him. Another name for the Yankees is Montez from the Oakland A's. So the Yankees are obviously always in on these type of people because everyone's always looking at the Yankees to improve their team to make that World Series run. And the Yankees have always been known to make a big splash at the trade deadline except for like last year when they only trade. well, actually, they did trade for Rizzo at that point. But Joey Gallo was their big uh, you know acquisition last year, which kind of stuck, and they got Rizzo on a rental. Which he actually he ended up panning out and playing pretty well, and then getting the contract this year. So, um, you know, it, it, it is what it is. I guess just only time will tell when it comes to these rumors. It is if you if you're on Twitter all day long, uh, we'll look looking at an MOB and refreshing it, and you just you'll see rumors from everybody. You can't so, believe what's true. You don't even know what the hell's going on at this point. Couple things. One, the first thing I want to say is I was against Gallo coming to the Yankees the moment I heard I. about it. When, when they, they traded I, I hated it. I like. I said it. we already said, have Stanton. Like, yeah. We have a guy who strikes out, plays right field, and fucking hits home runs. Like why? Are... Even when we got Stanton, I was like, we already have Judge, the same fucking guy. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, because yeah, I'm a firm believer crazy. in one, two, three, four. Like, if everybody's the same one through four, then then there's no diversity whatsoever, and you're gonna get the same result every time. You're gonna get some games where you score eight runs, and a lot of games where you score zero. Yeah, which is what happened um, last but. Year. but, but uh, Right now, the Marlins are apparently having a fire sale. Are they who are they did? The as Detroit well are. as the Detroit Tigers. The Tigers are. We actually got that last a couple weeks ago. I went back and listened to the show. You were talking about how the Tigers would be one of those teams that people would pick from. Uh, we were talking about how the Yankees, where the Yankees could pick from to improve mm. their team, but we had said that the Tigers are definitely one of those teams that would <laughs> give up. But there's not, no one there for the Yankees to take from the Tigers to improve the team. I so so they don't have, Yankees do not getting um, any deal with them. The Marlins don't either. The Marlins pretty much have said uh, that we'll trade everybody but Alcantara. Well, I mean that's I mean that's smart. Alcantara has been which which, awesome which, which to me is like okay, Alcantara, you only have two good players, and the other ones on the disabled list and can't be traded. So like, the fuck are we doing here? Like yeah, yeah, it's Chisholm. That's it, and he's injured right now, and and Alcantara. Yeah. So who else on the Marlins am I trading for? Yeah, this isn't the 2003 fucking Marlins where you got Josh Beckett and fucking, you know, Miguel Cabrera, Dontrell Willis, Dontre Willis. Yeah, you know, this isn't like what, what the fuck you, like, what am I looking for on the fucking Marlins? You know, be really interesting because I think he's a free agent this year. Isn't it Otani? If like they were to make a move he's together. I don't think he's a free agent this year. He's a free agent two years. Oh, the year after. I know he's coming up with free agency, but imagine him getting moved away from the Angels. That happen? Um, but that'd be fucking crazy if someone was. Doing I'll tell that. you this right now. I get I could I could see him doing what Trout did and signing a contract with like the Oakland Athletics. <laughs> there, there are some players that just don't want to be anybody. No, but he claims that I mean, there was reports that he does want to move on from the Angels. He wants to go somewhere to win. He doesn't want to just sit back and just... Well, then why the fuck did he sign with the Angels in the first place? Because last time I checked, the Yankees offered him a great deal, and he was like, cool. I don't want to be the second Japanese guy on a team, which is the most racist thing I've ever fucking heard. <laughs> but whatever, it is what it is. Because he, he didn't want to play with, a, with Tanaka. Oh, right, right, yeah, yeah. Well, here's the thing crazy about Mike Trout was this. this week the news came out that he has that rare back condition that apparently is going to linger throughout his career. He's going to... Like he's like dying or anything. He, he said he came out. He was like he's going to okay. be like like Don Mattingly. Yeah, he's he has to just working with it. Like you know, listen, I, I have zero tears to shed for Mike Trout. Mike Trout had the opportunity to be a face of baseball, and he decided he didn't want to. He could have taken baseball to a more prominent level than it is right now, and the best player in the in the game decided to let baseball fall to third in our country and fucking basketball is more watched than baseball right now. Well, the only thing about Mike Trotter is whenever they mic him up, they always ask him about the weather. Like apparently he like really likes the weather and like, he's good at telling. What- he likes being able to go to the mall and nobody knows who he is. <laughs> he <laughs> said true. it. He was but- like, I love going to the mall and I, I I can go to the mall in LA, but it's like, it's just weird. Nobody like- goes to their games. So how would anybody ever know who he is? But he's, like, just so uninteresting, too. Like, he's the best player in baseball. He's extreme talent, five tool player. And then you mic him up and you ask him about what the clouds are in the fucking sky. I want you to know Derek Jeter's boring as shit, too. He is, too, but it wasn't. Derek Jeter is like, just want to put my best foot forward. Good Lord willing, I'll come through. I want to thank my teammates. Like, it's the scripted fucking thing from Bull Durham. (laughs) <laughs> Every fucking time Derek Jeter opened his mouth, it was that fake story. Because Derek Jeter is a selfish guy and he thought he was the greatest thing since sliced bread, but he gave you the fake, the fake essence, like he was like a really good dude and he wasn't a good dude. He was a really bad dude. That's why he fired a dying man from the Marlins when he became president. Um I don't know who does shit like that. Guy lost a kidney and had cancer, and he's like, You're fired. What do you mean you can't scout? You're fired. Oh, you just come on. I just come to and nowhere just. Talk about Jeter. What I'm just saying is like my Mike Trout's not interesting, but neither is Dark Jeter at all. He's not interesting at all. There's the same, and neither is Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is boring as shit. Eh, I don't know. I think like Aaron Judge. Last Aaron Judge, like Aaron. Uh, some kid is really upset that you might leave the Yankees. Well, there's plenty of other players to root for. Most boring motherfucker I ever met. He's like Roger Maris, boring. Well, he was. He had that canned answer because he doesn't want to allude to that he may be leaving the Yankees and get the fans pissed off from halfway through a season, you know, next I mean, season blame him for that next season, it'll be Aaron. You won the American league MVP. How does it feel? Pretty good. I guess. Nah, well, he's, he's better than that. They mic'd him up during the all-star game. He was pretty good. He wasn't, he wasn't born. His mic went out actually, but Stan was Kermit pretty was pretty funny at the all-star game. <laughs> All right. Well, Kermit Cole, so, but uh, I don't feel bad for Mike Trout and his back injury. God And damn it. Uh, we're getting spammed again. Yeah. Um, I, uh, Another one. Holy shit! Um, Mike Trout with the back injury. I, 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 it's very unfortunate for Mike Trout. But Mickey Mantle played an entire career with a torn ACL. Like he tore his ACL in 1951, and he played till 1969 or some shit like that with a torn ACL because they didn't have ACL repair surgery back then. Yeah. So like, Mike Trout's got a back injury. Okay. So now we won't see him. Play at eighty percent instead of like one hundred percent. Like we we never saw him play in the first place because he played on the team that sucked on the West Coast. So now we'll see him play at eighty percent, but we won't see him play because he doesn't play. Like okay, the Grom's injured too all the time. Like baseball players get injured. Problem. It is what it is. Yeah. So I mean that was that was the big news I think this week in MLB. And then moving on, I guess I don't know, do you have any other MLB, MLB points before we move on to the uh, NFL. Uh yeah, the Red Sox suck really badly. And that's true. They got outscored the worst run differential since like 1904. They were outscored 54. I mean, I'm sorry, the run differential was 54 runs, which is uh, a lot. It's, I don't know, it's not it's not great. The Boston <laughs> Red Sox are last place in the AL East. Yeah. They've got to play baseball in that game against Toronto. Did you see the the ball was like 15 feet behind the outfielder and he was running in for it? Honestly, if it was me and I was, I guess Joey Cora is their, their manager, right? Yeah, Alex Cora. Alex Cora, excuse me. Wrong Cora. Al, uh, Alex Cora is their, is their manager. And I believe that player was, was Duran that did that. He also did the same thing against the Yankees, did he not? Or am I crazy? Or was that Verdugo? No, that was Verdugo. Okay. So Duran's playing center field. That ball gets hit over his head. And his reaction, and I understand that he's dejected. He's upset. Uh He's embarrassed. He walked to that ball. Yeah, His yeah. ass would have been in the minor leagues before he would have gotten back to the dugout. I would have pulled him out of the game, middle of the game, and go, you're going back down to the minors. We'll play with 25 today instead of 26. <laughs> you're a professional <laughs> baseball player. The ball went over your head. It's bad enough. I got it. Mistakes happen. A ball once hit C- Jose Canseco in the head and went over the fence. It's embarrassing. That does not excuse you from giving up on the play. No. You're not injured. Your, your pride is hurt. That's it. I don't care if the left fielder is coming over and he's going to get there before you. You cannot walk to the ball. You, you can't. That- the fans paid to see you run. I don't care what you feel. I don't care how upset you are. The fans pay your fucking salary. The ball goes over your head. They're pissed off. You're embarrassed. And you turn around and you just walk toward the ball with zero intention of trying to get there, and you're like, fuck it. It's an inside-the-park home run. I'll let the left fielder get it. Dude, he would have been in the minor leagues before anything. I'd have been like, you little motherfucker, get off my field. Take off that jersey and get out of my stadium. I definitely would have no. I, I would have gotten rid of him. I would have gotten rid of him. You yeah. can't do that. No, it's pathetic. You can't do that. The only really time sad. you can give up on a play is if it's the walk-off hit and the game is over. You know what though? I It couldn't happen to a better franchise. I'm you know what I, 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 hate the Red Sox. In the I hate the Red Sox I hate the Red Sox I I that, that Bob there's so many people in the world dying to play professional baseball know, and that stupid jerk off has a ball go stupid. over his head and he doesn't even try doesn't even try no he didn't just, just let it happen he was. He turns around he's upset I get it you're upset there's no reason to turn around and walk like then, then just stand there then just why are you even walking toward the ball give it even less effort and just stand there <laughs> All right, well, i don't i don't i'll never understand that i will never understand that and if i were a reporter i would have asked him so like the ball goes over your head i understand that part why didn't you try to go after it don't you think the fans you owe it to the fans to run after yeah. the ball that you just fucked up you're not hurt other than your pride you're not hurt so zero you gave zero percent after you fucked up. Most people make an error and they scramble after it to try to make up for the error. Oh no, no, no. no. Not Duran. He just fucking sat there and was like, fuck it. Fuck this game. <laughs> yeah. Well, moving on. That was uh, our our takes on baseball this week. And we have a couple uh couple segment uh sorry, we're doing a little segment here about NFL. We're we'll running quick through NFL training here. There's a lot going on. Uh I think a, then, then after that we'll be done with the show. But um quick little break real, uh right now. So uh Join now, and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tret Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Hi, I'm Maria.
0: And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team ready.
1: ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want
0: you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay
1: safe during extreme weather.
0: Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.
1: And we're back from that. Uh, We'll put it in posts. Anyone who's watching, (laughs) that's why that happens. But anyway, um, moving on to NFL, I do have two two pictures for you that I think you would enjoy about the NFL training camp. So one is this one, C.J. Uzuma, the new tight end with a jet, wear, coming to the training camp with the person of the year. <laughs> uh, for the radio, he's he's wearing the Zach Wilson person of the year and time picture, a meme that basically came out after he had found out that, uh, well, everyone found out that apparently he had banged one of his moms and he likes Cougars. Well, people love that, so that was a uh, that was a good one for Jeff's training camp. And the media cannot let go of the fact that they believe that McKay. Thank, a... thank you, thank <laughs> you. My, my bad. <laughs> they believe that McKay Beckins is just a fat, lazy piece of shit. <laughs> That's the media for you. But what do you Pitch. think? Is he? You've seen pictures so, of him. So Rich Semini can't give yeah. up on this. All right, I, I'm going to tell you right now. I don't care what. Uh, what's this guy's name? Uh, Connor, Connor, whatever his name is. O'Connor, Connor, Connor O'Connor, Connor, Connor, whatever. They do that rights for the athletic. Yeah. I I don't give a shit what he thinks. I I don't care what Rich Zimini thinks. Um, I don't care what Brian Costello thinks. Um, honestly, they're reporters. They write stories to get people to listen to what they have to say. And they don't really care whether it's true or not. Uh, it's Connor Hughes from The Athletic, by the way. Uh, they wrote an article about him mini camp, saying that he came in. Sources told them that he was fat and lazy and the, the Jets weren't happy. Um, Makai's trainer came out and was like, fuck all of you hoes. He's putting in the work and you're all going to eat your words. So Makai comes in yesterday looking, mm-hmm. as TJ would say, svelte, <laughs> looking strong. Yeah, and they have the audacity to go. Glad he made a change. I'm sorry. I don't believe a change was made at all. I believe he looked like that back in minicamp, and they're they're they're, they're comparing two pictures. All right. I just like to remind everybody that Makai Becton is six foot eight, roughly 380 pounds. Podiums tend guy. to be podiums tend to be about four foot ten, right? Because the average person Five is. It's, it's some, the average human being is somewhere between five foot four and five foot 10 in America. So that means that like if a, if a podium was four ten, it comes up to about here on me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If I'm six foot eight, it comes up to my waist. So if I'm walking up to a podium and I have to talk to a microphone, that's on said podium, I would probably lean over like this, like with my shoulders up. Cause I'm leaning on a podium. And it would look like I have no neck because I'm hunched over a podium, right? Furthermore, the the picture that Connor Hughes picked was Makai Becton leaning over the podium in a big, puffy blue shirt that said Makai Becton, fat, lazy, nobody likes me, and with a circle around it. Yeah. That was what the shirt said. And um, he had a scruffy beard and scruffy hair. He hadn't gotten a haircut. And then he posted a picture of Makai wearing a tight shirt yesterday with a clean, tightly cropped beard and a fresh haircut and goes, clearly he lost weight by these two pictures. I don't know if Connor Hughes (laughs) realizes this, but if I wear a baggy shirt, I look fat. If I wear a tight shirt, I look somewhat skinnier depending on what I'm doing. So those two pictures don't show any evidence whatsoever. And then somebody commented, yeah, you could tell by his neck. He's like this. What the fuck could you tell from his neck? He had a beard like this and he's like this. But what was the difference between those pictures? How long was it between those pictures? Six weeks. And they're saying that he lost 40 pounds in six weeks. I got news for you, ladies and gentlemen. That's really not really healthy. No, it's not. And then today, this was the, the, the coup de gras right here. So all of the reporters backpedal because they can't admit they were fucking flat out liars. I mean, their credibility is bad enough already being part of the one of the worst groups that our country has to offer, right? The two worst groups being reporters and politicians. Uh, <laughs> both of them feed off of the failures and suffering of other human beings. They're awful human beings in their own right. Um, <clears throat> but they backpedal on the. Oh, good thing Makai changed his ways. He looks good right now. Semini posts today that Becton is out of shape and had yeah. to take a knee and drink water. I don't know if Rich Somini knew this, but today it was like fucking 95% humidity.
0: Yeah. It was pretty and happy. it was
1: like 90 something degrees outside. And Makai Becton is six foot eight, 380 pounds. I went to the gym today. All right. I'm not a professional athlete, but I, but the, my job does require me to be very physically fit for what I do for a living. And I have to go to the gym or else I'll lose my job. Um, I was in the gym today and I had to stop for a second because my gym doesn't have the greatest air conditioning and drink a quart of water because I was dying. All right. So I can only imagine what a man who's six foot eight, 380 pounds, pushing other grown ass men that are six foot five, six foot six, 290 pounds around feels like today. And and even Makai Becton's mom was just like, this guy just fucking is infatuated with my son. Yeah, I mean it's kind of ridiculous. They're 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 going after him pretty hard. I mean, it, it's just it, they don't cut him a break. I think it's I know people would talk about him being overweight and everything, but uh, even if he did lose the weight, let's say he did lose the weight. All right, he lost the weight now. Now he's in shape. Training camp starts now. Didn't start at mini camp. You don't have to be there. It's voluntary, most of those. So why are you like harping on this one thing on this one dude? Just let him be. You know, like it's it's just that's the media though. The media is gonna try to like you said take on the failures and weaknesses of others and, and and use it for their own platforms, basically. But I, I, I don't know. I think I think out of the Jets training camp, besides Makai Becton, I, I think, because I know you've already beat that to a dead bush. I don't want to put any more further. I just also, just real quick about Makai Becton. So he didn't show up to voluntary workouts and they destroyed him for that. You know why he wasn't yeah. at voluntary workouts? Why? Because his his wife gave birth to their child, his first child. Oh, so there you go. And they were like, yeah, I don't understand why he's not here. <laughs> clearly you don't have fucking kids or you don't love your kids yeah. like I don't have kids and I, even I know like you have your first baby you should probably not go to voluntary it, it's either. important for you to be there and I, I'll give you one further everybody was like well why can't he bring her with him Oh, well, A pregnant ladies that are fucking 9 months pregnant probably shouldn't get on a plane You can't. You're not to. that's one thing uh, B if you're saying take a train or a bus he's from Texas she's from Texas and it, it sounds crazy I know and I, I don't know I'm not a lady uh, I don't have a wife I don't have kids but to me, it does sound reasonable that if if my wife were pregnant and she was having our first child and she'd never done it before, she might want her mom and her sisters to be around. Family, a family, be around. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't even know. If you, even if you took a bus, granted, yes, you're allowed to be on a bus. It's still like how long is that bus ride? 18 it's hours, like, 19 hours, 18, 19 if hours I'm from Texas. I, I'm a liar. If oh, I'm no. from Texas, an hour, a day and a half, a day and a half. Yeah, I was gonna say it got to be over a day. Anything about it, I don't know how tiny those buses are, they're worse than the spirit planes, you know. Like there's well, so a Nine private even if you took a private bus with a with a, a sleeper car and all that shit. Sleep she plans. if she wants to be with her family and she also wants you to be there as her husband and father of her child, yeah. guess where you're not going? Voluntary workouts, yeah, exactly. I agree with you there. Uh, but yes, other stuff. So Zach Wilson, I think so far, I think he's Playing pretty well. People saying he looks like he's getting the book, he's getting the playbook, he's playing really well. He's commanding the huddle. Uh, I think that's a positive, a big step for Zach Wilson. Besides, I mean, if he's commanding the huddle, it must be because of that story that came out recently. That's you know, that's, the no, entire that's all the experience. Respect. It's called respect. Everyone's respected him more. You know, he's he's a sophomore second year. But I'm expecting a jump from Zach Wilson. I mean, what I mean, obviously he's a Jet fan, you're You're more expecting it more than probably someone like me who's not really a Jet fan. But I'm not expecting. I'm hoping. Hope hoping. hoping. I think you're hoping for it. I think you're probably more hopeful than most people. But um, I mean, how do you feel now so far after watching or seeing or hearing what you're hearing about Zach in in practice during uh, this first week? I think the biggest thing for me with Zach Wilson is his melding with Corey Davis. His melding with uh Garrett Wilson. Um, how he feels in the pocket. Now we, we have Makai Beckon moving to right tackle. George Font will yeah. stay at left tackle. That's not an indication of Makai's ability. That's more of George is comfortable on the left. So George is gonna play left. Yeah. Makai can play either. You know, it, it makes him stronger as a whole. Uh you got Lakin Tomlinson in there as as he's gonna play left guard. AVT is going to play right guard. So your right guard and the right tackle are back Beckton and AVT. Connor McGovern is going to stay under center. Mm-hmm. Continuity is a very important thing for a quarterback especially. So having the same guy snapping him the ball probably makes him feel great. Backfields, Michael Carter and uh, Brees Hall, who I've heard Brees Hall looked great. Yeah, I heard he's um, he's looking really good, yeah. But I, I think the, out, the, the most important things are the checkdowns. What I'm hearing from practices – viewed by some of these leeches in the in the media uh <laughs> they're saying that he's checking down by the way i just want to point out uh i believe his name is um zach rosenblatt is the new reporter for the uh for the athletic taking over for uh dj vienna amy um and uh so far I, I liked what he had to tweet he's he's, he's like the anti-simony <laughs> we're like we're like Simony like rosenblatt said something like zach's taking a lot of pressure today from the right side uh but just be advised that you know avt and makai beckton are not on the field these are the backups getting beat by the starters on defense Simini would have been like zach wasn't getting sacked all over the place oh, mostly from the right side wait and would have left off the fact that Mekhi wasn't playing no that's not that's not even if he, he did do it i saw that okay. today I think, someone, I think I think it was Samini. He wrote he was like Zach is facing a lot of pressures, not like knowing what to do. Like pretty much badmouthed him, and then from, there was from the right else, side, and there was someone else that tweeted below, like right below him. Someone posted a picture of both of them tweeting basically at the same time, and he was like, "The, the line isn't completely there, and the receivers aren't getting space." And then like someone's right. like, "But well, why are you blaming Zach Wilson?" Pretty much like yeah, the receivers, yes. the receivers yes. weren't getting yeah. space against defenders, so you don't have you have nowhere to throw it. You have the offensive line. That's Actually, it, it, it was Rich Simini and yeah. Zach Rosenblatt. And the tweets were, uh, yeah. Rich Simini said, "Makai Becton has been laboring through the early portion of practice. Offensive line drills took a knee off to the side. Well, that was the Becton one. About the- Zach Rosenblatt said, Makai Becton has had to take a breather a couple of times already today, looking good physically, but still working on his stamina. Yeah, I saw that one too. But that's was that- one- the There's dichotomy I think, of I think it's of, both of them too. The same right. thing happened with Zach Wilson thing where Samini was like he's facing a lot of pressure, not knowing what to do with it. But then it's like Rosenblatt was like, "It's the offensive line's not there and the receivers aren't getting any space. So what is he supposed to do? Like he's not that he's not handling it. It's because the team around them is not playing well. And then that's probably the same account that was Justin Gray that that shared that little uh, dichotomy of. Of yeah. Jets uh, media coverage, yeah. Jets media uh, coverage, definitely. Comparing Zach Rosenblatt, who's new again to the uh, to the Athletic, mm-hmm. to Rich Semini, who has shat on the Jets for thirty years. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I mean, what I'm uh, the Jets signed Quan Alexander today it's for a, some linebacker depth. They need uh, linebacker depth to, too. The, the Jets. Pick Good pickup. I mean, he's not going to start. They're going to start yeah. Quincy Williams. They're going to start C.J. Mosley. But I don't believe that Jamie and Sherwood or Hamza Dean are in uh, in any position to start yet. Um, I do like Hamza Dean a lot. I'm a big Florida State fan. As you can tell, I have my Seminole shirt on. Sure, and he played uh, at Florida State before he tore his leg up and watched his draft stock fall tremendously. Obviously, he played mm-hmm. safety at Florida State. So he's still, I mean, a year into the league, you're, you're hoping that he picked it up. but it's the NFL and some of these guys, obviously most of these players have been playing their position for multiple years, not one. So he he played safety previously. Now he's playing linebacker. Uh, I, 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 you could try to sit there and make it seem like it's easy. Uh, I don't want to do that there again. CJ Mosley played linebacker for three years of college, if not four and probably all of high school. So we're talking about seven years playing linebacker and then playing professionally you know, before you're good. Yeah. And, and Hams and Nazruddin and Jamie and Jamie and Sherwood, both safeties actually in college, they're, they've got yeah, one year professional as linebackers pump the brakes on how good they're going to be day one. You know what I mean? Or even year two, it just, it's and then I felt people always get hurt. People always need breathers. So having Quan Alexander as a linebacker depth is definitely a solid move for the New York Jets. Absolutely, I, I I and I like Quincy Williams. The Williams brothers and both of them are are very tremendous. The defensive line looks great uh, on paper. Yeah, um, the Jets had a little thing the other day about like who uh, they you know they they do a thing where when the players walk onto the field for practice they hold up a little sign that says like what's your favorite meal or what'd yeah. you do this summer, and the question was what did you do this summer, and some of them like Zach Wilson was like I went to Idaho with the boys. We did uh, I did, you know we we yeah did a couple of practices. Yeah. He went down um, with the boys, yes Yeah, uh, CJ Uz- Uzama said the same thing. I went to Idaho with my boy Zach Wilson and the and the other guys. Yeah, but then they got to G- uh, Double J Jermaine Johnson. He goes, I was in the gym putting in work. Yeah, and a lot of guys were like, I was here, I was working, and and to me, even Zach, Zach and CJ and um, and Uz- Uzama that is not Mosley, um, and Braxton and Garrett. And, and Denzel Mims, who's been the star of training camp the last two days. Yeah. Um, they all went to Idaho. They had a good time with with the great one, Wayne Gretzky. And apparently they went oh, back right. to his house. Yeah, he was there. Um, but the, even they were working when they were there. They they yes, they had fun. They did team building events, and and I come from an organization that we do team building events. You know, obviously you team build when you work, but at the same time, like if you don't like each other off the field, it makes it harder to work together on the field. So I think that's a big thing, like the chemistry off the field, be believing in one another because you want your friend to do well. You know what I mean? Like when there's wide receiver quarterback beef, it's it's not a good thing. Like I, even, even in the Rex days, I never felt Santonio Holmes really liked playing for the Jets. Braylon Edwards, on the other hand, loved it. But I never felt Santonio San Holmes appreciated the fact that he got to, that he was playing for the Jets. Uh Le'Veon Bell never appreciated playing for the Jets. You know, I don't think Levion Bell or Santonio San Holmes ever appreciated playing football for any team. It was just yeah. their job. You know what I mean? Yeah. I agree. Which is why that. their careers ended the way they did. You know, you, you can kind of tell what guys really love being and generally it's the guys that end up with the same team for a very long time. Even the, despite their talent level. You look at somebody Mm -hmm. like David Harris ended up with the jets forever because he, he enjoyed playing for the jets, you know? Yeah. Uh, And there's a lot of guys like that. So uh, that was good. These guys saying, Hey, I I spent time with my other teammates. I I was in the gym. I was working out. I was studying film. That's what I did during my summer vacation. That's awesome. And my last thing about the jets is they asked CJ. Uzama, like, how's the thing going? And he goes, I actually live two doors down from Zach Wilson. So I'm going to be at his house eating dinner a lot or eating getting meals over there i guess he assumes the cougar that's leaving zach's place is going to make breakfast for both of them (laughs) at least it will how do you feel about the giants going in so yeah i was gonna say we're gonna take a quick break one more time to run along here um that we'll be back we'll talk about the new york giants and some other nfl storylines All right, and we're back. I want to start with this first before we get to the New York Giants. The uh, I, you definitely saw this as I was tweeting this out a few times, but Aaron Rodgers' transformation to Cavern Poe. <laughs> if anyone, if anyone knows me, I'm a huge Nick Cage fan. I know Nick Cage. Everyone's always like he's horrible actor, horrible movies. Con Air was incredible. And I love this every moment of this. Con Air, con, con shit. Con Air, Con Air is amazing. The Rock, come on, look at this Cavern. He looks rock is great. The, the rock is great. Uh, Face off. Face off is a good Nick Cage movie too. So Face the, off is a good Nick Cage. Almost movie. identical. Look at this. The, I don't have the full. Beard is too thick. What's that? A beard a little thick. Yeah, his beard's a little thick. And he's but, not as ripped as Nick Cage, apparently. No, apparently Nick Cage. Nick looks Cage is pretty shaped. vascular. I don't see that in Aaron in Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that's true. And the funny thing is, someone else said he actually also looks like Scott Stapp uh, from Creed. Is that his name? Scott Stapp. And that, they say that oh is that Nickelback? I might have fucked that up. Back. That's the wrong one. No, um can you take me Yeah, <laughs> Please come. Uh, yeah, think so I'm thrown around you are only lonely only only <laughs> So that was the other That's got a great r- uh, That 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 that, was that, um, that that song has an awesome riff. <laughs> that's a great song uh, I'm six feet from the edge and I'm thinking that's got a great riff. What's the name of that song? Uh, I forgot. Uh, But I also, so I took the video of him walking into training camp. I, I dubbed over the, uh, the scene when they introduced Cameron Poe to the FBI agents. And they're like, who's that guy? And it's like, that's Cameron Poe. He's a nobody. (laughs) I'm like, this is, I've never seen Con Air. You never seen Con Air? Never seen Con Air. Oh, my God, dude. I'm not a Nick Cage fan. It. I've never seen Gone in 60 Seconds either. Oh Gone in 60 Seconds is awesome, too. It's That's got really Nick good. Cage in it. It can't be that awesome. It's not National Treasure, so it can't be that great. It's National Treasure is awesome, too. Both of them. Um, yeah. But, no, that one it has, has Angelina Jolie. Himself. Robert Duvall, Angelina Jolie or Gone in 60 Seconds. So, Giovanne other than Rubisi, Robert Duvall, like, I don't like Angelina Jolie either. Giovanni Ribisi is in it, too. Okay. I like Giovanni Ribisi. You should watch Gone in 60 Seconds at Con Air. And if you haven't, anyone who has not seen either of those movies, go and watch them immediately because those movies are great. And when I mean great, they're great in like a cheesy way. But but let's move over to the New York. Apparently that's a remake, by the way. What is it? Gun in 60 seconds? Yeah. I think it is. There's another movie from 74. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Because it's all about stealing cars and stuff. It's pretty good. Um, so moving on to the New York Giants. New York Giants have a lot. The New Go York Football right Giants. New York football giants. We got new coach, new GM. Uh not a lot of salary cap. <laughs> a lot of guys. Daniel quarterback. We have, yeah, yeah. Daniel Jones is a quarterback. Uh people call it the Jones comeback season. I don't know about that. Uh offensive line obviously improved. They drafted Evan Neal. Uh the defensive line got a little bit better. They drafted uh Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, they did lose one of the edge rushers, Aziz. He got injured uh, this week, so he's going to be out. Uh, they also lost Daniel Bellinger, who was a tight end. He's a rookie tight end. And I think he was out of San Diego, either San Diego State. Yeah, I think it was San Diego State. Um, they drafted him later on. He looked pretty good uh, during the uh, rookie minicamp. They had him working with Daniel Jones. They had a good chemistry going, but he got hurt. So those are going to be Ricky Seals-Jones as you starting tight end going into the season, unless uh, Bellinger gets healthy between now and then. Uh, then you have him will come off the pup list. Um, I mean, it's it, Jones is looking all right, but also it's it's still practice to me. So it's like he's had all these opportunities. People are like let's give him another shot. You know, he might be he might finally be able to succeed on the Dables offense. Uh, you know, he had three what three different coaches, three different coordinators, whatever it's been throughout his four years. And the Giants even said it before: John Myers, like we've done everything we can to mess this kid up. But I just don't. I think he's not the guy in my eyes. I don't think even no matter what you put around him. You you see what happened with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow obviously is a much better quarterback than this, so it's not really the best comparison, but they had zero offensive line on that team, and Joe Burrow took that team to the Super Bowl despite that offensive line. Now, Daniel Jones' offensive line that was horrible, horrendous last season, one of the worst, and they could barely score three points. Like, what 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 is missing here? I get the offensive line's – it was – difficult to play behind the offensive line. He was always in the pressure. He's probably always running scared, but you still got to be able to do something where you see shittier teams with barely, you know, shitty quarterbacks and they're putting up points, you know, 15, 20 points. And the New York giants are struggling to score three to 10 points uh, more than that in a game. So I don't, I don't think Daniel Jones is that guy. I'm still going to be that person. That's going to (laughs) say, they're not a fan of Daniel Jones. I don't, I don't think he's the guy. I don't think he's the one who's going to make a big step this year. I think after this, Giants will still be looking for a quarterback. Um, you know, some of the storylines I I think was Kadarius, Tony. He's been looking pretty good right now. They had a good, they had a nice play recently over the top of one of the the giants DB. I can't remember the name, but Daniel Jones did throw a dime on that pass, but he's, you know, Kadarius, Tony had to come down with it. It was a really tough play. It was a really nice catch, but, like I said, once again, it's still practice. I want to see that translate to an actual game, see them when they're wearing pads on, see them against live, uh, you know, football speed, NFL speed players. Um, and when you're not playing against your own teammates. Um, Kenny Galladay had a actually a really nice play. I, I was watching it earlier and he just dropped the ball. Like I don't I, got, I don't know what else you could do about it. He didn't have any touchdowns. Tony didn't have any touchdowns last year. It was the only time where hopefully the only time we could say that Andrew Thomas had more touchdowns than both the Giants' leading receivers. I hope that does not happen again next this year. Um, but, I mean, right now, the Giants, they're in rebuild mode. I'm not, looking, I'm not looking like a Giants' playoff team. You know, they're really looking at that right now. Uh, I think Dable is definitely the guy to help the Giants get to being better. I could probably see about six, seven wins maybe out of this team, maybe even less than that. But I wouldn't say more than that uh, for, this, for this Giants team. Uh, but there's some promise coming out of the training camp so far, and I think that's Kadarius Toney, I'm going to tell you right now, I will always root against that kid. I know you will because of what he said about Henry about Ruggs. About the whole Henry Ruggs thing, I don't feel like that kid deserves to be in the NFL. Yeah, that kid's an, he's a full on idiot, and he is, I will, he is an idiot for that statement. I, I will never have respect for that kid, and I will always root against him yeah. for the duration of his career for his comments about Henry Ruggs and how we need to reserve our judgment on him because it was a mistake. Because poor, poor, poor Henry Ruggs made a simple mistake. It's not his fault uh, in Kadarius Tony's eyes, even though he fucking killed somebody, but you know, and, and her dog on top of that, like add insult yeah. to injury. So yeah. I, I, I I completely dislike Kadarius Tony and I don't think he deserves to play in the NFL, but I digress. Um, Leonard Williams is his eighth year in the league. Yeah. What has he got? Like 11 sacks now for his career. Yeah. <laughs> He had that. You know, he had that really good year. It was a contract year. I think he had a, a few sacks there. He was, you call that pulling a Muhammad Wilkerson? Yeah, that's called. I want to play really well, and get my money, and then not play well again ever after, after that. Yeah. So, but uh, you know, it's, back, back when he was doing commercials, still like he mm-hmm. left the Jets doing commercials for like T-Mobile or Google or something like that. Yeah, I haven't so, seen him in too many commercials lately. I'm hoping there's going to be a big step here for Xavier McKinney. I'm looking for him. He's a he's a safety. The Giants. I'm hoping that he has a big year this year. Um, I don't know. The biggest thing come out of New York Giants, New York Football Giants news right now is the uh, the throwback jerseys are back. The uh, the 80s and early 90s jerseys are back. They have the earlier, uh, you know, they have the helmets too. The navy blue helmets with the Giants written across, as opposed to the NY. So I'm excited for that. But uh, other than that, New York Football Giants. Um, I don't know if I'm looking too forward to the season again. I just don't think it's going to be as as people are building it up to be, I still think they're going to be struggling. I don't think they're going to be, I'm probably looking at a third or fourth place finish in the NL. I mean, I'm NL NFC East here. I don't so, think it's better than that. The, the Jets just released a black helmet. There's a few variations of helmets. There's and, a NFL re, 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 uh, relaxing their rules. So a lot of teams are coming up with the, the alternate helmet. Now it's pretty cool. right. Uh, and a lot of fans are clamoring for those ugly ass jerseys from the eighties and nineties that Starter used to make. The bright one, right? For the, the Jets. Well, I, I love the logo. I love the old Jets logo from the eighties and nineties with the where the jet crosses the T. And yeah, yeah. That that's that, I love that. But those jerseys are the most boring fucking jerseys. And I and I hate today's modern fucking vernacular where everybody's they're so clean. The fuck <laughs> is that, Does that mean is that synonymous with boring? Because they're like yeah. Those jerseys are so clean, and it's literally two stripes on the sleeve, like a white collar, two stripes here, and a green jersey. And I'm like, and you think that looks great. You realize like four other teams in the NFL wear the exact same fucking jersey, right? (laughs) Your team's called the Jets. There's not a jet anywhere on the fucking uniform other than the helmet. And you think that the fucking two stripes here are the way to go you realize the 49ers wear the same fucking thing right two stripes on the sleeve so are the cowboys well, they're all black with the two stripes no the fucking they're white and red jersey is a red jersey with two stripes oh yeah and yeah, one yeah. One. no that one i'm talking about the the jets though which one are you talking about the no, they're talking about the 80s and 90s jets jersey where it was a green jersey with oh, two you know, white oh stripes. Yeah, yeah 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 right yeah those are yeah i don't really like them. i'm like it's the same fucking thing that three or four other teams wear well, the Jets are wearing the black ones, right? They're wearing the all black with the green. We all turn into alternative ones, right? The alternate is black. Yeah, but but black. they're talking about changing. They, everybody dislikes the current jersey, which I understand because they hyped it up so much and they gave us a fucking jersey with sashes right here. But yeah, somehow, exactly. I, I, I and this is the part I don't get a green jersey with a white sash right here, unacceptable. But a green jersey with two regular fucking stripes. <gasps> that's clean it's the same fucking it's the same boring garbage at least the old Jets jersey was very Jets like only the Jets wore that jersey with the two stripes over the sleeve was a different color than the rest of the jersey only the Jets wore that like the Colts have a very similar jersey but the sleeve was the same color as the chest yeah yeah but the Jets only the Jets had two stripes boom and the fucking sleeve was the same color. It was a different color than the chest. Like only the Jets did that shit. And, and they're like, no, no, no. We need to go back to the jersey that the Cowboys wear right now. And the 49ers wear right now. And like two or three other teams also wear right now. A plain jersey with two stripes. So my question for Jets fandom is if it's clean to have a green jersey with two white stripes on the sleeve, does it make it cleaner if they don't have any numbers and no stripes at all and they just wear a fucking green jersey with nothing on it? Is that like super clean? (laughs) I don't know. A green jersey with a white number and two white stripes. Ooh, that's fire. Really? Fuck, really? A green jersey with white numbers and two white stripes. Ooh, really innovative. Holy shit. Watch out, ladies and gentlemen. That's going to be on Runaways one. Get the fuck out of here. Most boring shit I've ever seen in my life. Well, the Giants. I digress. Talking about jerseys. Russell Wilson showed up to practice the other day wearing his own jersey. Thoughts? That was weird. <laughs> it's really weird. So weird. He's right? a weird. dude. He's a weird guy, though. It's like wearing the shirt of the band you're in or wearing the hat see- of the podcaster on. You ever see <laughs> You ever see how awkward he is when he does like the uh, – when they get ready to do like, you know, you go to a Jets game or a Giants, any football game, you know, because the players are like, hey, get out of your seats. Get up. Get up. He looks so awkward. He's like, let's go Denver. Let's go, Denver. Like, come on, Denver. Get out of your seats. Let's go. Like, he looks so awkward. It's, like, horrible. He's just an awkward dude. Anything he does is weird. Does that make it not better, him. though? No. doesn't make no. it better. Some people are weird, and you're like, I dig it, though. It's cool. No, nah, it's not cool when it's not Russell Wilson. Remember he did, shit the, the shit. Un- he did Mr. He like He's like, Mr. Unlimited. I'm Mr. Unlimited. <laughs> he's so fucking annoying. He's the worst. <laughs> um... Kyler Murray extended to a oh, yeah. well, contract uh, where it says that he has like a mandatory four-hour study period. All so right? here's the thing. You- they, they recanted that, and they took that out they of their did. contract. Yes, they did. They, said they took it out of the contract. But you're going to invest $250 million in a quarterback that, one, has never won a playoff game. The one playoff game he went into, he was abysmal. He threw two picks. He like had a horrible QB rating. I think he threw for like 70-something yards horrible you're gonna invest 250 million dollars in this guy and then you're gonna write in there you it's mandatory for you to watch four hours of film because we know we can't trust you to watch film without there being a contract clause that's fucked up that's an issue even if they take it out of the contract we all know that he apparently doesn't watch video we all know it now even it's out of the contract it was out there enough in the news to know that he does not watch film and you're gonna invest 250 million dollars in a guy who doesn't who needs to be reminded to go watch him? He needed a contract clause, even if it's gone now. He still needed, at one point, a I mandatory know. four hours to watch game film. And you're gonna I'm, invest- imagine having to tell tell Tom Brady that you have to watch him. He'd be like, Of course, I do. That's my fucking job. I gotta be there. Like, I need to know what's coming up next. And Tom Brady, I don't think he's ever gotten a contract worth 250 million dollars. And the guy still wins championships. All right, for the Cardinals. Uh, I would, not give, I would not have given Kyle, Kyle Murray $250 million contract. I, I, think, I don't think he deserves it. I think it's a stupid move. He's three feet tall. But anyway, um, yeah, one of the things that I'm thinking of with the whole contract thing is um, it reminds me, I, I'm not comparing their talent, ability, or how they play by any stretch of the imagination. But Having to put that clause in his contract that you have to watch. It reminds me of Jamarcus Russell a little bit. Yeah. Because that was one of his biggest knocks was like, he doesn't watch film. Yeah. You know, like most quarterbacks that are successful, at least watch, watch film. They, they, they study the defenses. They, they prepare for the next week's game. And Jamarcus Russell's one of his biggest critiques was that he did not. Uh And, well, no, and then they, know the they, story, right? I do not know the story. Oh, they 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 sent him like the, the they film sent him on the reaction. tape. They said, "Here's here's like four V oh, at the time. I guess it's VHSs, whatever tapes it was. No, definitely not. It was DVDs. <laughs> whatever it was, they basically gave him this. "Here's your film. He had like four CDs. To tell him go home, watch it, and tell us what you saw. And he came back, and he was like, oh, "I saw this, saw that, whatever. And they were like, "We gave you four like four blank DVDs. There's nothing on there. So they knew for a fact that he came and just blatantly, blatantly lied to their faces, saying that. He saw all the different packages and everything. Meanwhile, those films were completely blank. There was nothing on there. And they basically caught him knowing that he didn't watch any film. They should have put porn on there. <laughs> at least put something. They, they should have put porn on there. You know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of uh, Draft Day with uh, Kevin Costner. Yeah, yeah. He gave him the playbook and uh, put $100 in the back of it. Most guys never saw the $100 because they never looked at the playbook. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Bo fucking Callahan was like nothing weird about that. Oh yeah, so you didn't find the hundred dollars. Oh yeah, good one, guys. Didn't even you know acknowledge that he didn't read the playbook. Yeah. Lied about it twice. Yeah, same deal. Same deal. Um. So so Kyler Murray big contract. They they changed it recently. Uh, Julio Jones signs with the, the uh, Buccaneers. Uh, yeah, he will be wearing uh, I believe eighty three is his number right now. 85, I think it was. 85, I'm sorry. 85, excuse me. uh, Because some nobody is wearing 11. Blaine Gabbert. Oh, got got to show respect to Blaine Gabbert. Florida royalty. He won a Super Bowl. With who? The Bucks. Get
0: the fuck out of here.
1: All right. He still gets a rig, man. He's a backup. He gets a rig. Not not lying, you're definitely right. He did win the Super Bowl with the Bucks. <laughs> the other story, T.K. Metcalf signed the extension. They he said uh, $30 million sign-in bonus, the highest ever going to a wide receiver. Yeah, they had to give him that. He has nobody to throw him the fucking ball. Yeah, <laughs> you want to keep him around. And staying and... on the Seahawks, Chris Carson uh, apparently failed his yeah. physical. Um, I saw the x-rays of his neck, and he decided to retire from professional football. And I got to say... Chris, smart move, man. Uh, yeah, good luck to great you. Great career. Man. Sorry it got cut short, but mm-hmm. you know, uh, I'm sure there's something out there for you. That so one that of the cool know. things I read about that was actually they, the Seahawks actually did something to help him out because he's he entitled to uh, like insurance money or yeah, like for being physically unable to play. They instead of naming him or forcing him to retire, they put him on some sort of physical on whatever, whatever the, the designation was. And basically that helps him get money from the pool money for people who are injured and that helps him and his family moving on in the future. So good for them uh, to help him out. Considering he had to cut his career short, uh, you know, middle of it. And he was a very good player, very good fantasy yeah. guy too. He's always getting traded around. People always wanted him, but I think is that, is that it for the NFL stories? I think Sorry. Right. Uh, one last thing. Leonard Fournette showed up like looking like a fat Jerome Bettis. No, but he—he's not though. He's—he's he's at the right weight. There was rumors that he was supposed to be really fat, but it came back when he weighed in for camp. He was uh, at the right size, so he's not uh, hes not fat. Okay, all right. I thought because they were like, oh, he's—he's he's fat, and and somebody goes Jerome Bettis, and Jerome, they were like Jerome Bettis wasn't fat, and they were like you fucking high right now because they were saying that Leonard <laughs> Fournette wore two was weighing like two forty. They said I think was wearing two sixty, and he came in, he did weigh. I don't know if he was weighing, two, weighing 260. Oh, yeah, they say he was weighing 260. But he's he, down he at 240 pulled, again. So he lost He's told me what he called. 20. He pulled a, a Kelvin Benjamin. Um, yeah. He's one pop-up biscuit away from being a tight end. <laughs> and, uh, and somebody goes, oh, he's fucking Jerome Bettis now. And somebody goes, Kelvin, uh, Jerome Bettis is 238 pounds. I was like, yeah, he's like four inches shorter than fucking Jen- Leonard Fournette, too. Jerome Bettis is a fat fuck. I don't care what anybody says. Jerome Bettis was an <laughs> offensive lineman <laughs> running. His nickname was the bus. He wasn't skinny. They don't call him the bus because he's afraid to fly. All right. <laughs> yeah, he's not John Madden. He's called the fucking bus because he's a fat fuck. Yeah. Oh god. But uh, I, I don't. I don't think I have anything else from the NFL this week. Uh, other than a, um, you know, for for a slow week <laughs> in sports, we. We stretched out an hour and 20 minutes. We did. Good. I was very fired up about a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but, uh, oh, one last thing. Uh, did you see the uh, the the joke between, I guess it's between uh, Aaron Rodgers and uh, um his former wide receiver, Devontae Adams? Yeah. Did you see the joke, the back and forth? No, what was it? They asked uh, Devontae Adams, like, what's it like going from, you know, Aaron Rodgers to David Carr is your quarterback. You have to build that chemistry. He's like, well, it's always tough going from one hall of fame quarterback to another hall of fame quarterback. I did see. It. They asked, uh, they asked, uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers, What's it like lo- losing Devonte Adams? Now you have to build that rapport with, uh, I-, I honestly can't remember the guy's name. His name is like Lorenzo or something like that. Um, they're new. They're new. Number one. Um, which I again I can't remember his name right now. He goes, Well, you know, it's always hard going from one Hall of Fame receiver to another. <laughs> uh did you even catch that? No, I didn't realize it I knew that he said it, Devontae Adams. I didn't realize that Aaron Rogers said it back. It was it was actually today, uh it, it was actually today and uh Was it Alan Lazard? No, Alan Lazard. Yes, Alan Lazard, yes, yeah. absolutely, hundred percent. Um that's funny. That was fame. that was the video today of of Aaron Rodgers. It's you know it's it's always hard going from one Hall of Fame wide receiver to another, and all the reporters obviously got a good laugh about it. And the question was like, is that uh, is he poking fun at Devontae Adams, or is that just good banter? Obviously, that's good banter. That's just a joke. Which not- Nick Cage, which Nick Cage character was he dressed as during that? <laughs> yeah, that <would> <laughs> he was the, event, the, the, the the vampire's assistant or some shit like that. What was that one? Uh, yeah. He was Big Daddy from Kick Ass. Yeah. Like, Big Daddy from Kick Ass. Um, Spider-Man Noir from uh into the Spider-Verse. But uh <laughs> but uh I, I think that's it for the NFL uh yeah. at least uh, up to Thursday. Um yeah. I'm sure they'll give us some more. Rich Tamini will shit on the fucking Mackay back then a little bit more over the next fucking couple of days. And uh, Zach Wilson will bang a few more moms between now and the start of the season. Uh, yeah, sure if, you're, if you're out there, uh, get uh, Coach Mike Westoff's book, Figure It Out. It's out everywhere right now. It's on Audible and he reads it. So if you want to hear it from the author's mouth, it's on Audible. I started it today on Audible and just the prologue alone enlightened me to a lot about who he is as a man um and uh his journey as a coach and a and a human being and he'll be I, back I, and hopefully yeah hopefully we, we, he said he'll come back and we'll we'll talk to him sometime soon. He was at camp 2 days ago with the Jets. Yeah. Uh, and uh hopefully we'll have uh coach Mike Westoff back in a, in a short time. Yeah, we're going to do uh football centric episodes too besides the regular weekly episode. We're going to have a Jets one led by Nick and TJ, and then we're going to do a Giants one uh, that I'll do, and I'll probably figure out, I'll find some other co hosts, unless, you no, know, Nick doesn't really want to sit around and talk about Giants football. <laughs> I mean, I will, but it won't be uh, casting them in a uh, very good light. Positive light. Neither would I be, though. I, I just shit on them all day. Listen, when I, I, think, I can totally talk about um, about the Giants. I just yeah. don't have anything good to say cuz I their quarterback is trash and their number one or their number one wide receiver he's I guess he's good but I I, I hadn't seen him do it on the Giants and the number two wide yeah. receiver is dirtbag fucking kid and uh I'm pretty sure their new defensive end is crazy. Yeah, Kevon Cibba. That, that kid is weird. <laughs> when he showed up to the NFL draft with a Snickers fucking suit on, I was like this is strange. <laughs> I'm like, I am I hope we don't draft this guy. That's a little strange. And then oh, Leonard boy. Williams is just taking up space. Yeah, that's true. But that's that. No, and then before, I like McKinney. Yeah, McKinney's really good. Uh, uh, Saquon but, can stay healthy. Saquon's, you know, he's Saquon. Yeah, that's the key, though, to keep him healthy. Um, but let's look for our interview. We're going to release an interview with the guys from Savannah Bananas, uh, Zach and Biko, uh, director of Entertainer, and then, the Broadcaster who, who calls the games as well for Savannah Bananas. So look for that. That's uh that's gonna be interesting. It's a really good interview. Me and Nick just did it earlier today, and that was a ton of fun. Savannah Bananas are such a fun experience. <laughs> watching them, I would love to see them some play sometime in person because it just seems like a ton of fun. So I think that about does it for uh episode 56 of uh the Scoreboard X podcast. How do we get this far? 56. Holy cow. is a lot. We do weekly. I mean, we only took a couple of weeks off. I guess yeah. the last year. So pretty crazy. Fifty six, six good times, but we bid you adieu. Thank you for spending this time with us. We'll catch you again next week. And all as always keep reaching for the stars while keeping your feet planted on the ground.
0: Adios.